Hey everyone, it's Finn here from the SDGC podcast here with my boy John, aka the Game Dad. How you doing today? You mean your man? Uh, my boy. <laughs> like 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 you're my boy, Blue. But but for you. And today, sir, we are here to talk about our review for Dying Techland's Dying Light Two: Stay Human, of which we were uh, kind enough to receive a review code. So. Uh, for transparency's sake, uh, I played it on the PlayStation Five, and you might notice over the course of this review, I don't talk about bugs or glitches that much. Even though you might see that very prevalent in lots of the other, like major gaming, uh, publications, and that is because, you know, us being us, we didn't get one two weeks ahead of time. We got it a little closer to launch, and that actually worked out in its benefit because I got to play with the day one patch installed. So, hey, uh, at least we got one. At least we got one. Oh no, no, I'm saying like this is a good thing. It actually worked oh, out no, in the game's oh, no, favor. I'm like just, I'm more like tooting our own horn. I, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there reading all these reviews about glitches and bugs and falling through the world and just typical, you know, I mean, jank, you know, in an open world game. But when I played it, uh. I mean, I really didn't. I'm, I encountered some stuff, but nothing as egregious, like nothing beyond what I've experienced in other major games. So I actually was quite pleased with that aspect. I was like, "Oh, look at me! Day one patches. Turns out they work." Uh, so, so as, as someone who played the first Dying Light um, all the way through, but has not uh, played uh, Stay Alive yet where are we at in regards like like without like obviously going into <coughs> deep spoilers here where are we at in regards to story here like what's the well i'm, I'm all right so, so i will set the stage for the plot set but the, i'm not set me the stage yeah i'm not going to talk about the plot because okay uh the the i'll get into why but we're not going to talk about the story very much but the the plot is dying light and one happened right uh and 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 this game goes to a lot of lengths to really not care if you played the first one, which I think works in its benefit. Uh, it, it, is, it is a continuation of sorts, but you play as an entirely different character. You play as Aiden, a pilgrim. Uh, it takes place in an entirely new city. The events of the first game led to a cure for the zombie plague, but then mankind being mankind, governments were like, maybe we try and weaponize it, and oops, it broke out of the lab, and now the entire world is ravaged. Man, I hate when that happens. So it's like it's like 15, 20 years, I believe, something like that, after part one. Uh, and the virus has escaped the confines of that one city from Dying Light 1 and is now has plagued the entire world. And the, you, you play something called a pilgrim, which are the people that are dangerous and stupid enough to travel the wilderness in between cities, bringing things and messages and, and stuff for people. You're kind of viewed as an outsider and ostracized in settlements and whatnot. But that's basically the gist of the game. He plays a guy named Aiden who uh, was experimented on as a child during the early days of the outbreak. And you are on a quest to save your, to find your sister for the most part, you quickly get embroiled into a conflict between factions in, in, in the new city. And that's pretty much where I'll stop because truth be told, the plot is not why you play this game. God, I hate being embroiled in conflict. Like uh, don't that. you? Hate it. Uh, yeah, you, absolutely. There are two factions, really. There's like the 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 peacekeepers and the, the revolutionary type people. Uh, you can choose which side to back. And doing so will change parts of the city and who they're being held by and whatnot. But again, 
plot is not the strong suit. In fact, it's actually a. I, I found myself not really engaged by the story. There are some cool characters, like there's a Rosario Dawson plays a character. Um, starts with an L. I want to say Lu, yeah, Lewin. I, I, I'm just that's my headcanon. Luan, it's Lewin. Uh, and then there's a, a character you meet early on called Hakan. Uh, and both of them were, were two of my favorites. But for the most part, everything is is kind of forgettable. And Aiden as a character is is the definition of milk a toast. Like you're just you're just a dude. And and the whole You're more you're more like a vessel for the person playing the game. Pretty than much. Else. Okay. It's actually it actually detracts from the game whenever they start bringing in Aiden's backstory because the whole flashback things with your sister when you're a kid just kind of just fell flat for me. But if it sounds like I'm down on the plot, it's because I am. But <laughs> everything else about the game makes up for it, if that makes sense. Like in, in good and bad ways. Uh, if you play Dying Light One, which you did, John. Um, this takes the Dying Light 1 Mirror's Edge parkour first person like traversal to the next gen level. Like the movement in this game is is why you play it. It is a blast going from point A to point B and in a big old open world with a ton of objectives that's really important. Is uh, if you don't like the movement, you're not going to want to play, but this game I didn't think I'd be very good at it, but but Everything about the game and all of the progression ties in to how well you can move around the world. Like it, it kind of takes the Skyrim vibe where the more you do in combat, the more combat experience you get. But the more you run around and do parkour, the more parkour experience you get. And this game has a really cool and deep, like I don't want to say deep, that that's misleading. A uh, a varied upgrade system. Like you have combat upgrades and parkour upgrades. But unlike a lot of games where the upgrades are kind of pointless. Like I'm looking at you, Assassin's Creed, with your plus three percent parry damage. No one gives a shit. No, this stuff's like <laughs> it unlocks like abilities and traversal techniques that make playing around in the in the sandbox more fun. And I think that's a really important thing because it, it kind of makes you care about what you upgrade. Because I'm sure by the end of the game, if you're hundred percent the world and search everything, you can unlock it all. But you're not going to do that over the course of a, of a normal playthrough. So choosing what you uh, upgrade is a lot more important. And like the first upgrade you get in combat is this ability to, if you parry a character's attack, like a human character, because there's two completely different vibes of combat, whether you're fighting humans or zombies. And uh, if you parry him, you can vault over them and then just fucking drop kick another enemy in the group in the fucking head. And it's so satisfying to do that. And the combat is is pretty simplistic, at least against humans, because it basically comes dodge, parry, slash, and then. But when you start mixing in the combat abilities, it can get a lot of fun. I think the one problem I have is that it, the game does not incentivize you in any way to do so. Interesting. Uh, you could just dodge, slash, dodge, slash, parry, slash, and I think if the game, I'm not asking for like a Devil May Cry like SSS rank combo system, but something to like make you want to play more varied and, and, and interweave these abilities into your combat more often, I think would have uh, done it a lot of benefit. Uh, however, one change from Dying Light 1 to 2 that I really did appreciate is uh, they got rid of all firearms. Like, everything in the game is melee or so hold on, bow. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So there's no guns at all? Nah. You, you can get a bow or you can get, like... Uh, 
machetes, shovels, bats, uh, brass knuckle, like everything is close combat. And I think that really makes the game feel more visceral and fun in combat because a, you're not being sniped from afar. Like everything's going to be up close and personal. Uh, and I think that it, 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 that was a really cool tweak. Like I, I guess storyline wise, if I had to think why, like X amount of years after the apocalypse, people just ran out of bullets, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah, I was going to so like do they ever address <coughs> the lack of guns like in the game? Uh not that I recall. Interesting. It's just it's just like in the game there just aren't any. Or if there are, I never came across them. Huh, okay. That's uh and and so in and in how many hours are we talking? Like like how long was your playthrough? So I still have not beaten the game. Uh okay. this is a very uh, I mean, you you saw the the, the tally. Like there are five hundred right. hours in this game. Yeah, you that's do everything. True. And I, I've 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 completely accepted the fact that I'm not going to end up doing everything. I just don't have that kind of time. But I wanted to give this game a fair shake. I'm about thirty plus hours in. Okay. Which I feel is a solid amount of time in a game like this to to get a vibe. And the fact that I'm 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 overall positive on the game, I think, means is a good thing. Uh, one thing that for me at least was different in how I play games is Dying Light 2 has all of these different stress and tension factors into it. Like you really can't just play at your own pace. This game really makes you move and whether it's the, cause it has a night and day system that's, that's constant and the game completely changes night and day wise. Uh, some, and it, there's two there's two dichotomies in this game. There's night and day, and there's inside outside. And the game changes wildly depending on which one. So day and night, day more human enemies. The undead hide in the buildings because they're weak to sunlight or UV oh. light. So they all stay indoors, which means if you have an objective and a quest to get something from inside a building, you have to go at night because otherwise the game just there's too many enemies you won't be able to make it you'll die immediately uh mm. but at night they clear out and so you still have enemies inside and and here's where the tension part comes in and this is at night you everyone's basically infected like think walking dead rules everyone's infected but unlike walking dead everyone will turn if they're not constantly exposed to sunlight at a certain point so you have a timer the second it hits nighttime that if you do not get from a, a, a point of light to a point of light or eat something called like a UV mu- mushroom to replenish your meter, you will lose. You, you just you, you turn game over, right? So it, it adds this huge layer of tension that I was not fully comfortable with because I don't like playing that way. I like to like search every nook and cranny and loot everything right. in a game. So do I. Yeah, you cannot do that in this game. You have to choose. Like, do you want to loot? the stuff in this building you're you're going after or do you want to beeline to that quest objective because you also have to factor in there's still like i did not like the stealth components especially at nighttime because you the enemies are sleeping at night and so you have to like move slowly around them i mean you could go balls to the wall and just like run past them wake them all up and hope for the best but that's just not the smart so play. you can't so so this is a huge open world game where you can't really explore at your own leisure not inside, at least. The outside, inside. hell yeah. But the inside okay. places, you have to like, 
it's risk reward, right? You could. And obviously, as the game goes on and you upgrade and your infection meter gets longer, yeah, you have more more leeway. But in the early moments, you have five minutes <laughs> to get okay. from point right. to point. Uh, but it, it, it still works really well. And it works to the game's benefit, even though it, it kind of threw me for a loop in terms of it upended how I usually play these types of games. Uh, but speaking of tension, there are like enemies out in the world, especially at nighttime, that if they spot you, they're they're basically like shriekers. They'll, they'll the howlers. They'll call out, and then it'll initiate something called a chase sequence, which is one of the a cool parts sequence. of uh, Dying Light. Is you just immediately get a horde of enemies called on you, and you have to parkour your life away and just book it and run and these enemies are agile you think like it's not like you can just climb up on a building and be like haha i survived no they will fucking run you down and jump with you and it's awesome ah that is really cool it it is chase sequences are a lot of fun they're they're stressful like even at even later in the game when because early in the game you can get upgrades for your health and for your stamina so it's not quite Metroid style, but there are definitely some objectives you cannot do until you have enough stamina to like climb longer <coughs> or jump farther or run, run longer. And then especially when you upgrade, like unlock things like the, the glider or the, the grappling hook, like traversal just becomes a dream at that point. It just becomes fun. You know, people talk about Breath of the Wild with the glider and climbing stuff. And it, it's got the same vibe where just like if you see something, you can get to it. Which I, is always nice in games like these, but uh, I don't know. I, I so yeah. What's up? No, I was just gonna say. So so if you see that building in distance, you can go there. Yeah. Now you the might classic. not go in it. You might not go inside it. Not every but building is go like there. openable. But yeah, and like, but like, so many buildings just have open windows, just inviting you. Be like, hey, uh, you want to go in there? Now I, I will are... say what? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Finish your. I, well, I, I got was just... it all written down. Well, I was just going to ask how how large is the actual game world? It's like, large. It is a, it is okay. a it is a chunky like world. It, it you're it, it's it's not uh the the largest open world I've ever seen, but but you will spend a significant chunk of time to traverse it. It's uh I never felt like I was treading too much familiar ground too often. And there's there's like Ubisoft objectives, like in the sense of you can unlock windmills, like repair windmills, and it'll bring settle people back into that settlement because you've repaired the gen the wind turbines, and they'll act like as your new fast travel points, stuff like that. Like there's a lot of classic like open world objectives, but I like that. It hits my dopamine, like it, it just it triggers that. Oh, I just completed an objective. Ooh, can I clear this area out? Uh, but that does bring me to one of my biggest gripes of the game. And that is, especially if you're just kind of running around and then you, your little little meter thing goes like, hey, there's a cache over there that's going to have an upgrade for you. Like, you actually get alerted to when you get these GRE upgrades that'll, like, increase your health or stamina. Um, and they're always, like, inside somewhere or hidden somewhere, usually surrounded by infected and you have to wait till night. But, the di- but you cannot fast travel the, the day cycle. So you have to then mark it on the map, go back to a fast travel place that has a bed, go tonight, and then make all your way all the way back. Like, I would have loved, and if there is one, and I haven't discovered it yet, I'm going to feel stupid, but (laughs) the way Assassin's Creed lets you meditate to go from night to day, like immediately, I would have killed 
for something like that because I you you will constantly come across in your travels like oh I want to go in there but it's daytime so I can't and then at night you're like I'm not fucking going all the way back there I've got another objective on the other side of the map and then you just kind of forget about it and lose track and I I really wish there was something uh like like a, a time travel mechanic where you can just take a nap and you wake up and oops it's day it's nighttime but again minor gripe but it just, it did affect uh the kind of discovery aspect of the game where you're like oh that's something cool ah but i can't get to it right now will i come back uh, who knows so um as far as the actual con- so I, i've got a question um yeah. i i so does the game still have those like like ridiculous weapon combinations like i remember in dying light one like i could i could attach like <coughs> uh some like a battery to a machete and turn it into an electrified blade um, yes there 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 is the crafting mechanic in this game like the with the blueprints and everything right and that, right. that's ha- that's half of why the risk reward of of looting around is is the components to craft so, are, are, the, are the weapons like color coded? Like they were well, here's the thing: you don't light? craft your own weapons in this game. You craft like items and stuff, like medicine and stuff. You can't like do what you said, where mm-hmm. you you craft and upgrade weapons, but you can do uh like weapon mods, which okay. I guess is more like what you're saying. But you don't fully craft your weapons. But there is a much more in depth like RPG gear tier system now. You know, your classic like common, uncommon, rare, rare epic, legendary epic. type things. Yeah. Uh and is there weapon degradation fuck there yeah there is and Uh. that is always the bane for me however and i I don't know if this makes me a hypocrite because i hated it in breath of the wild but because the weapons don't really matter as much in this game like when your machete dies but you have like 12 machetes in your backup and i think that's part of why is the inventory system is very generous where unlike in breath of the wild i wasn't constantly like oh i ran out of room again you know, I, I you're just like, OK, I'll go to my stash and swap out a bunch more weapons and it's all fine. But uh, there are weapon mods, but you can't craft weapons quite like the first game. They, they did make some changes, but I think they worked out for the better because getting gear and stuff from missions and quests and finding them in the wild and getting like a big upgrade with like crazy random stats and boosts. You're like, oh, I feel cool. Look at me growing as a person. So uh, how far are you in the game? <coughs> like like. Like in terms of story, I've, versus... I've looked it up because I was curious. I'm, okay. I'm I'm like pushing towards the end game. It takes okay. it takes like forty to fifty if you're just kind of doing random side quests, like the main side quests. Like if I'm not trying to do everything in the game, I could knock it out in another week if I if I tried. And I, I and I want to see it through. I will probably and I, I've heard bad bad things about the final boss. Like just oh, like that's... it's just not a good like time. Uh, but again, uh, that's other people's opinions. And already so far, my overall vibe of the game is seems to be on the higher end of the spectrum compared to others. Because I really enjoy it. Like, you know, okay, I came up with this phrase because, you know, the Techland and, 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 and companies like it, they're, they're not quite AAA, but they're not indie. They're, they're kind of like uh, known for some jank. You know what I mean? Like, right. you expect a level of jank in these games. Um but so it's not quite a diamond in the rough. It's more like the rough of the diamond. Like the diamond itself is just a little unpolished because it's a fun ass game. Like the part story aside, the story like at some I, I never skip plot, but sometimes I just found myself hitting that like skip dialogue button. Like I already read the text. I don't need to hear it uh, kind of thing. 
which which is never a good sign plot wise but the game is fun and just running around like the parkour is 70 percent of the reason why i like it the combat is fun and the rest is just the tension that i'm not used to but i got used to like it's still not my 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 jam like i still want to be able to play things at my own pace but open world games with RPG mechanics where you constantly are unlocking and opening the world and making yourself feel stronger and better just just feel good to me. And maybe that's why I love uh, Ubisoft-style open world games more than most. But this, this, this scratched that similar itch. And on PS5, it, it ran and looked great. Like, this... It's a pretty game. I was I mean, actually going to... So that was my next question. Is there like a performance mode um, versus... That's a... what I played on performance mode. Okay. Yeah. So, so so how often... Now I'm assuming that the performance mode like prioritizes frame rate. I honestly... Um, I mean, again, I'm the worst person to ask this, John, because P- I, I've never been one to be like, wow, my frame rate just dipped. Uh, unless it's super, super egregious. But again, after the day one patch, like I haven't found very many bug bugs or performance hiccups like my game never crashed not once yet oh that's good (laughs) knock on wood i say that and i'm gonna boot it up today or something and just it'll be hell but no i uh i i i feel very lucky i don't know if i'm if i'm just lucky or or what but i i the performance mode worked very well for me cool cool um and uh so it sounds like your least favorite aspect of the game is the is the combat is, is no the story away from this oh the story right 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 yeah, yeah. Um, uh combat with j- humans and then well the stealth with zombies and then combat with humans and it's not because it's bad the combat with humans is fun it's just you have to make it fun like you could cheese it but that'd be boring but that's on you but I feel like the game would have done better to incentivize or kind of force you to be a little more varied. Like enemies, if the AI learned from your like shenanigans and adapted, but they don't. So it is what it is. Interesting. Um, God, I wish I could make time for this right now. I've just there's so look. Much the problem is, I'm, I'm glad I not. I'm I am glad this game came out when it did. Uh, it was already hard enough to compete with Pokemon Arceus. Right, but you imagine coming up now against Elder Ring and Hellrise and Forbidden West. Like Dying Light, definitely benefit. And you know what? From all accounts and purposes, it's been a very big success. Like it smashed Steam records for the company, and it hit like concurrent player. It's apparently the high, the most played zombie-based game in Steam history. So it's doing well. Maybe That's we'll great. see a Dying no, Light I mean, three, but uh, oh, and here's here's something I think you would appreciate just because lay it on me, man. What your uh, values are and stuff, because Techland is, I believe, an Eastern European company. Uh, I actually don't know that for sure. Um, I'm, uh, it's a Polish company, okay? So, you know, especially after something like Cyberpunk, I was worried about because you know this is a, a a city with varied populace and stuff, but. I don't think I ever came across something that that played across as like a a gross caricature of an ethnicity or anything. And I okay. think I think the fact that that surprised me is sad, but the fact that it did surprise me was good for the game. You know what I mean? Like I guess I kind of expected to run into some like racial caricatures of like a black character or a, a Middle Eastern character, but outside of like just an accent, uh but nothing like like offensive accent uh 
I, I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're just they're just characters that happen to be a different ethnicity. It didn't become their entire uh, identity. So no, that was just a little note I made that I thought you'd appreciate no, that, because I no, know sometimes I, no, I, that's a that is a problem in Eastern European made games. So no, that's fantastic. No, that's great. Um, awesome. I mean, I don't, uh, <coughs> I don't, I don't personally have any more questions. Um, this yeah, is it was mostly games... just me blabbering. No, no, that's dude. That's the whole point of a review. I know. Um, is 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 you blabbering? Um, oh, oh! I did want to say one more thing. I did not get a please. chance to play co-op, but I did hear that it, it greatly improves the experience just because you're having fun, and then you can, uh, like, kind of tag team stuff. Like, you could have one person trigger the zombies and lead them out while you run in and grab the objective. Like, it opens up more uh, strategy and possibilities. Oh, hey, you know, actually, you know what? That does bring me to a question. Is there that weird invasion mode uh, that there was in Dying Light One? Not that I recall or have encountered. So okay, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't actually. Uh, if I remember correctly, in uh, Dying Light One, uh, you could actually invade someone else's game as a as a like a superpowered zombie at night. Really? Um, yeah. Okay, no, not that I've encountered at all. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's all. Finn, do you have anything else that you want to blather on about? In uh, let me just to... check my uh, notes, make sure I checked, I hit everything. Um, now I hit the main points. Uh, I mean, overall, solid game. Uh, I it's I would I wouldn't even say like wait for a sale. Um, if you like like open world games and you enjoy the parkour based movement slash combat of like Mirror's Edge or the first Dying Light. Uh, I'd say it is a better game than Dying Light 1. This is a sequel that surpasses the original. Uh, just make sure you have time because this is not a quick game. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. No, Finn. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing that. Uh, very much appreciate you taking the time to play through and, uh, you know, you know, uh, risk your digital life against the undead hordes for uh, a little good SDGC content. You know how um, we do. And uh, Finn, you got anything else you want to you want to drop on the masses here? Uh, no, nah, just hit me up at Nola Nerdcast on the Twitters if you want to talk games and junk, and make sure to tune in to the SDGC podcast every Thursday at nine PM EST. Outstanding. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in to our Dying Light Two review. Uh, stay classy, everyone, and remember, kindness costs nothing. We'll see you later. <laughs>